Good morning and welcome to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck and I appreciate you joining me this morning. How's your day going? I pray your weekend's been going great and your Sunday morning is off to a great start. This morning we are going to talk about, well, my favorite subject is, of course, talking about Jesus and today talking about his great commission. And we're going to look at his commission, not just about what it is, but we're going to really break it down and see exactly what Jesus is talking about here. So I hope you are able to have a Bible with you. If not, if you're driving or whatever, just keep driving and don't try to read. (laughs) Before we get into the Word of God, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, we thank you for another day. God, you gave us breath in our lungs that we could wake up this morning and have another day, and we just thank you for that. Father, we thank you for just loving us like you do. We thank you for who you are, God. You are God Almighty, the Most High God, the one and only true God. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. God, you are beyond words. You are indescribable. I just want to say that I love you, and I thank you for loving me, for loving us all first. Because, Father, you didn't have to do what you did by sending your son Jesus to pay the price for our sins, to take your wrath upon him in place of us, but you did. And Jesus, you went through all of that so we could come back to the Father. And we thank you, Jesus, for dying on that cross for our sins. We thank you, Jesus, for rising from that grave on the third day. So all who believe shall not perish spiritually, but have eternal life. That day, Jesus, you defeated Satan, death, and sin. And Jesus, you are Lord of all. And we praise you and we love you. And I pray for those listening this morning that have not made that decision to give their lives to you. I pray that today is their day of salvation, that they will repent of their sins, ask you to forgive them, and be Lord and Savior of their lives. Because, Jesus, you are just waiting. You are just waiting to give them eternal life and just let them experience you today, I pray. And, Father, for those who are believers, I pray for encouragement. I pray that today's message will just encourage each one of us to want to be about our Father's business and fulfilling your great commission. So, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for sending us your Holy Spirit. And we ask your Holy Spirit to teach us now. Lead us and guide us in all your truths, Father God. And may we apply your word to our lives and be doers of your word and not hearers only. Father, again, we love you and we praise you. And it's in your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our Lord's great commission is found in two places, actually, in Matthew chapter 28 and in Mark chapter 16. We're going to look first at Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. So if you are able to, turn there with me and let's read. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Well, let's start breaking down what Jesus is saying here, because we know he is telling us to go out, to go out and make disciples. And in verse 18, he says that, All authority has been given to me. He's saying that's absolute authority, sovereign authority, lordship over all has been handed to Jesus from the Father. And so right there, there is no doubt about the deity of Jesus. His time of humiliation has come to an end, and God has exalted him above all. And therefore, all authority has been given to him. And in the Believer's Bible Commentary, 
It says this, it says, In one sense, of course, he always had all authority. But here he was speaking of authority as head of the new creation. Since his death and resurrection, he had authority to give eternal life to all whom God had given him. And we see that in John chapter 17, verse 2. And it goes on to, to say, He had always had power as the firstborn of all creation. But now that he has completed the work of redemption, he had authority of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence, which we read about that in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. And I want us to read that because I think it's a very powerful scripture to include in this teaching. Because when we talk about all power, all authority, all authority has been given to Jesus, it's important to understand what that means. And that word preeminence, it means above or before other superior. So Jesus is above all, all of us, everything, and he is superior over everyone. And Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18, let's read that. The Apostle Paul is writing here, and he writes, He, being Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is above all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. So Jesus, he is above all, and the Bible makes that very, very clear to us. So when he tells us all authority has been given to him, that means everything. He is above all. He has authority over everything. And as head of the new creation, Jesus then commissions us believers. He issued this great commission it's containing standing orders for all believers during this present phase of the kingdom. And what I'm talking about there is this is the time between the rejection of the king when Jesus was rejected, crucified, and he came back to life. And it's between that period and the second advent, which is his second coming. And so he's given us these orders, this commission, for the time that we are living in now. So he was speaking to his disciples before he ascended when he gave this commission but it's also for every believer that would come after them. So this is the Great Commission, and it is a command. And the Great Commission, it contains three commands. And again, these are not suggestions. It's not the Great Suggestion, it's the Great Commission. And we need to remember that. So this isn't something we can just look at and go, okay, if I feel like doing it, I will. No, Jesus is commanding us to do this. Number one, he is commanding us to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Now, this does not presuppose world conversion. By preaching the gospel, the disciples were to see others become learners and followers of the Savior. And he's talking about every nation, tribe, people, and tongue. And the Greek word for nations is ethne, which means ethnic group or people group. So Jesus is talking about everybody around the world, every people group around the world. And there are currently... 3.2 billion, that's a billion with a B, 3.2 billion people who have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's 40% of the world's population. And for some, that may be hard to believe because here, especially living here in South Alabama, there are opportunities to hear about the gospel everywhere. 
One way, you're hearing it right now on the radio. There are churches on every corner, it seems like. There are Christian bookstores, a lot of material online, books. Just There's so many opportunities to hear the gospel. Many of us have multiple Bibles in our house. But in other parts of this world, people don't have any of that. They don't even have the Bible translated into their language if they were able to get a hold of a Bible. So there are a lot of people, 40% of the population, do not know about Jesus. So this great commission, we have got to be about our Father's business. So he tells us to go and make disciples. The second command is to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, this responsibility rests on us, on messengers for Jesus Christ, to teach baptism and to show that it is a command of Jesus. He's commanding us to baptize, so he's commanding us to be baptized. We know that he was baptized, and so it is an important part of our walk with Jesus, our new life in Jesus. Usually, that's the first thing that happens after we give our lives to Jesus is to be baptized, and that's often a first obedience that we give to Jesus is to follow his command to be baptized. And when we are baptized, we are publicly identifying ourselves to the triune Godhead. Because notice what he says there. We're baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, we're acknowledging that God is our Father, that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, and that the Holy Spirit is the one who indwells, empowers, and teaches us. And notice that Jesus uses the singular name. He doesn't say names, plural. He says name, singular, in verse 19. That's one name, yet three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity. That's our God. He is three in one. The third command. He says to teach them to observe all that I have commanded you, Now, the Great Commission, it goes beyond evangelism. It's not enough to simply make converts and to let them fend for themselves. That's often a mistake that we as believers make is we're so excited and enthused about leading somebody to the Lord that we just leave them. It's like we're saying, good luck with that now as you go out into this mean world. (laughs) I know when I was a new believer, a babe in Christ, I was just excited about leading somebody to Jesus. And I didn't make a disciple of them. And that was a mistake on my part. I was never really taught that that's what I had to do. So see, we need to understand the Great Commission. We have to go out and tell people about Jesus. And it is awesome to do that. And it is awesome to see somebody give their lives to Jesus. But there's a next step. It's not just about evangelizing. It's about making disciples. And so we must teach these new believers to obey the commandments of Jesus as found in the New Testament. And that's the, the essence of discipleship is brought about by systematic teaching of and submission to the Word. That's why at Love and Action, we also teach the 50 commands of Christ. And I taught that here on the radio for 17 weeks, the 50 commands of Christ, his commands from the New Testament, because as believers, we have to know what they are. And we should want to know what they are so we can obey our Lord and Savior. But then he also tells us to teach those, those new Christians, those new believers, everything that he's taught us. And so we have to be obedient and teach them the commands of Christ. 
so they too can follow and they too can teach others. Because making a disciple is, isn't just about making that person a disciple, but it's about also teaching them how to make others disciple. That's why we teach training for trainers at Love and Action. So we're training. Being a disciple is a student, a student of Christ. And so we're training, we're teaching that person how to follow Jesus, but then also training and teaching that person how to train others and to teach others to make disciples who can make disciples. And then at the end of the Great Commission there, Jesus gives us this wonderful promise of his presence being with us until the end of this age. The disciples at that time, and therefore those of us following Jesus today, he's promising us that we would not go alone or be unaided in this great commission. We'll know the companionship of the Son of God. And is that awesome or what? I think about those disciples. They understood about the companionship with Jesus out on the mission field because Jesus spent three years training them and teaching them and then taking them out. And so they were with Jesus during those days. And then they saw Jesus killed on that cross but then they saw him come back to life. And when Jesus says, I'm going to be with you, they understood what that meant. We need to understand what that means too. Even though he ascended and he's in heaven at the right hand of the Father now making intercession for us, he is still with us through his Holy Spirit. Because he said that's why he had to go to heaven to send the promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit, so he can indwell within each of us. With him physically being here on earth, he couldn't do that. But now, with the Holy Spirit in us, that's how Jesus is in us. So we can be assured in all of our service and travel that we won't be alone because he's with us. And that echoes the beginning of Matthew's gospel. Because if you go back and read Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, Matthew writes, Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And this is when Jesus was coming into this world, being born of the Virgin Mary. And the prophet said he'll be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that's just something awesome about our God. There's so many awesome things about our God. But he is a God who is always with us and always wants to be with us. Any other religion, their gods just don't really seem to want to be with their people. Those are fake gods anyway, but people are so misled by the billions but our God is saying, I want to be with you. And he tells us when we read the Old Testament that he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. So again, you see God saying, I love you and I want to be with you. And then Jesus comes to earth as Emmanuel, God with us. And when he finishes his work on earth and he's about to ascend to heaven, he comforts us by saying he will always be with us. That's our God. He is with us. I just want you to know he loves you so much. He loves us all, and he loves us all the same. He doesn't love me more than he loves anyone listening. Just because I'm on the radio teaching his word doesn't mean he loves me more. No, he loves us all the same, people all over the world, even those who have never heard of him. And that's why he wants us to be about his business and about this great commission, reaching those people so they can have a chance to make a choice and decide if they want to or not want to follow Jesus. And so Matthew's gospel, it closes with the great commission, with that comfort of that promise from our awesome and glorious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
And 20 centuries later, the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has the same power, the same relevance, the same application that it did all those years ago when he said that for the very first time. This task, the Great Commission, it's still uncompleted as noted in the stats that I gave you just a few minutes ago. And so the question is, what are we doing to carry out his last command to us? Have to think about that. Are you actively pursuing Christ? Are you actively about our Father's business? Are you actively living out the Great Commission? And the Great Commission, it is a lifestyle. It's not just an event with love and action or with your church or something like that. That can be all part of it, of course, but it's a lifestyle of living for Christ and reaching people for him. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. This is the second time the Great Commission is mentioned in Scripture. We read, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. It's easy to see here that the goal of Jesus with this command is world evangelism. He's telling us to go into all the world and proclaim his gospel. Not just our hometown or our region, though that is part of it, as we'll see here in a moment. But Jesus wants everyone to hear the gospel and have a chance to repent of their sins and receive everlasting life. This is why at Love and Action, we are proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in eight other countries right now. We are so blessed and honored and privileged to partner with indigenous pastors and missionaries in the Philippines, Myanmar, China, Thailand, Nepal, Pakistan, India, and Haiti. We're proclaiming the gospel to unreached people groups. We're also reaching the lost right here in our hometown of Dothan, Alabama. And that's exciting to me because that's exactly what Jesus wants us to do. And we're also making disciples right here at home, but also in those other countries that I just mentioned. That's the Great Commission, going and reaching people, telling them about Jesus, making disciples, baptizing. People are being baptized all over this world, from Dothan to China to Haiti and points in between. God is on the move, and people are involved in the Great Commission. You know, the thing about it is, is God doesn't need us. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need you. He didn't need Billy Graham. But you know what? He wants us to be part of his commission. Why? Because he's our father, and a good father wants his children to be part of what he's doing. And so God wants to see people come to him through his son, Jesus Christ, and what better way for him to receive joy in doing that than his own children being part of this process of going out and proclaiming the gospel. That's why it's so important. God loves us. He's done everything for us. Now we need to be obedient to him and live for him. And it's not about works. We we aren't saved by works. I could do good works for the next 200 years if I could live that long, but it wouldn't do me any good if I didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But when we come to Christ and we truly give our lives to him, repent of our sins, and he's our Lord, he's our Savior, and we're following him as he commands us to, then we want to please him. We want to truly follow him and do what he tells us to do because it's going to bring glory to him and it's going to be so fulfilling to us because I tell you there is nothing more fulfilling than to lead somebody to Jesus, to baptize them, and to make a disciple. It's awesome. And if you've never experienced that, I encourage you to do so because there's just nothing better. There's nothing greater than that. There's no greater joy that I've found. And I've tried a lot of things in this world, in this life, 
But when I truly gave my life to Jesus and truly started following him, I knew this is it. This is what it's all about. And this is life. This is true life. So he gives us this great commission, but he also gives us power to do this. Let's look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says, and this is just before he ascends, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So just before ascending to heaven, Jesus tells his disciples specifically what their mission is. Therefore, this is the mission for every follower of Jesus, and that's to be his witness. And we just read the Great Commission, and that's how Jesus commissioned us and promised to always be with us. Now we read that he gives us power to fulfill his great commission and this mission of being his witness. And we must receive the power of the Holy Spirit. We can have all the talent in the world. We can be the most talented speaker in the world, just have such a charismatic delivery when we speak. We can be the most educated Christian in the world, be totally filled up with knowledge of theology, but without power we're not going to accomplish anything. We're just going to be spinning our wheels. And at that time, his disciples, they were fearful. Because you have to remember, they just saw their their Savior, their Lord, killed. But then he came back to life, and that gave them such great encouragement. But they knew they were going to have to face these people who put Jesus to death. So Jesus is telling them, look, I'm going to give you power. And they needed to know that too. He said, I'm going to give you power to be my witnesses. You're going to have such boldness when you're preaching. And they would receive this power when the Holy Spirit came upon them. And the same is true for us. We can't do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the power of Almighty God. And I want you to think about that for a second. That's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That's the same power that created heaven and earth and all that's within it, that created the entire universe and all the other universes out there. Nobody can tell me that you can't witness for Jesus. It's just, it's impossible. When you have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you, you have all the power and more that you need to be his witness and to tell others about him. We are able to fulfill this mission of being his witnesses. We are able to fulfill his great commission because the power of the Holy Spirit is within us. The power of Almighty God himself. And Jesus told his disciples to start in Jerusalem. They go out to Judea and to Samaria and to the ends of the known world at that time. And I've always took that to heart, and I've always looked at it this way and applied it this way to my life, is that I must first be a witness for Jesus in my hometown, which is Dothan, Alabama. And then I need to be a witness of Jesus in the region of my hometown, You know, we have this tri-state area here, and we have the southeastern part of the United States. And then I need to be a witness for my Jesus in this country of the United States of America, and then to the whole world. And it all starts at home. And for me, as I mentioned, that is Dothan. My wife and I have witnessed for Jesus to countless of people here in Dothan. And I look at Judea as being the state of Alabama and I've witnessed to people in different parts of this state. I look at Samaria as being the southeastern United States, and praise God, Martha and I have been able to witness throughout the southeast from Atlanta to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to New Orleans, Memphis, Charlotte, Nashville. And we've also 
been able to witness to others from New York City to Los Angeles, California. And then we've been able to witness to people to the ends of the earth. And for us, that's Asia. That's totally on the other side of the world from us, isn't it? And so to us, that's the end of the world for us. And we've been blessed to go into Asia and witness for Jesus. Now, I'm telling you this not to boast because I have absolutely nothing to boast about. There's nothing in me that's worth boasting. I'm boasting all about Jesus because I want to show you by telling you this, that if I can do it, if Martha can do it, you can do it. There's nothing special about us. We just said, okay, Jesus, we want to follow you. And we received his power of his Holy Spirit. And we just started opening our mouths and he gave us the words to say, you know, we, we study his word, we read his word and put his word in our hearts. And the Holy Spirit just brings that back out. As we talk with people, we're able to share our testimonies. You have a testimony, share it with others. It will impact people's lives and it will show people how real our Jesus is. So if we can do it, you can do it. And there are many gifts of the Spirit. But the main reason we're filled with the Holy Spirit is so we can have power and boldness to be witnesses of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus is talking about right here. And one more note about Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The Greek word for witness means one who dies for his faith, because that was commonly the price of witnessing at that time and still is today for many people in other parts of the world that they literally put their lives on the line to tell somebody about Jesus and to profess their faith in Jesus Christ. And people all over the world, they face severe persecution, but God gives us his power to be witnesses even in the face of death. And that's the reason why those who are facing severe persecution can stand firm and not waver in their faith. That's the Holy Spirit that's within them, living within them, just like Jesus is talking about here. Now that is power, and he gives us the same power. So that's why I said we have no excuse. If you've experienced Jesus, he has saved your life. He has transformed you. He has put his power within you as you receive his Holy Spirit. Then you have everything you need to be his witness and to fulfill the Great Commission. And again, remember, he says he is with us. So he's with you always, not just some of the time, but always. We're going to bring it to a close right here. But I want to encourage you, if this is new to you and you've been a believer, and like me, when my early years of being a, a believer in Jesus, I wasn't really taught much about this great commission and about making disciples. But if you're unsure or this is new to you, I want to tell you, we have discipleship classes at Love and Action. And if you're interested in going through them, then just email me at ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. You can go to our website, loveinactionministries.com. That's loveinactionministries.com. And check out our Love and Action School of Discipleship. We're serious about discipleship. And so we provide opportunities for people to become a disciple of Christ and to learn how to make disciples. So if you're interested in that, just check that out and let me know that you're interested and we'll get you hooked in. We'll get you involved.
And if you're not comfortable or if you never have shared your faith with others, then come to Love and Action and let us be your training ground. We'll show you how to share your faith with others, how to pray with others, how to share your testimony with others. You can you can help us on campus and we'll help you to share your faith with others. You can go on outreaches with us and see how we share our faith with others one-on-one or in small groups. And many people have, have found that to be great training for them to learn how to share Jesus with others, how to start fulfilling this great commission. And we'd love for you to come and join us. And if you're interested, again, you can go to our website, loveinactionministries.com. Our schedule's on there. Just come out when you can. And we will just put you right in and give you that training and give you those opportunities. Well, thank you for joining me this morning. I hope you have a great rest of the day, a wonderful week coming up. And remember that Jesus loves you. And may God bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.